your face. I'm absolutely delighted to have Yumi on the line to talk about Buto Bar Out of Order, which is happening soon, uh, November 15 to 19, at the Abbotsford Convent Industrial School. Yumi, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. How are you? I'm well. One question. How do I pronounce your last name? Uh, umi umare, you can say like an Italian way. Umi umare. Wonderful. Umi umare. Well, it's wonderful to have you on the show. The production sounds extraordinary. Buto has its roots in post-World War II Japan. Tell us all about mm-hmm. it. Well, it's Buto originally called Ankoku Buto, literally means dance of darkness. They started like late 50s and early 60s, and um, they become shortened, the word becomes uh, Buto. And Bu means dance, To means stomp. So some Japanese people even doesn't know exactly Buto means because it sounds like it just dance. But then actual um, avant-garde um, dance movement started in late 50s and 60s. And I was, some people knew as in a white makeup and very slow macabre movement that was becomes a become sort of a signature movement like that in um, Japan. And after that, becomes quite popular in Europe or America or so different part of the uh, globe. And popular here in Australia, you're into your sixth year here in Melbourne. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an extraordinary production with an amazing array of performers. I mean, it's like a who's who. You've got more Davey, more Finnecane. You've got Weave yes. Movement Theatre, Dan West, Emma Bathgate, uh, Telk Tanaka, Willow J. Conway. And uh, yeah, and Taki uh, as well. Taka, yeah. Taka, Takaguchi. So it's incredible. Yes. yes, exactly. We just ask if everybody comes in a spot. <laughs> and plus, Buto Out Ensemble, which we create every year through these public workshops. And that could be about 15 performers coming in and out in this certain way of a little bit of like community engagement way. So it's a lot of mayhem, but uh, <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sense that kind of, you know, organised chaos for one of an mm-hmm. oxymoron. And it sounds like mm-hmm. every performance is a bit a bit different from the last. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. We did the last year meant to be doing show, but we had to cancel because 70% people got a, a COVID. So that's why we are going to postpone tours this year. And last one we, we, we did in 2021. That was also like a 20 uh, performers and... We did a really successful performances um, in um, one week performance season. Yeah. So, what can we expect at these performances? What what can what can the audience envisage? Well, we are still very experimenting <laughs> as we go, but uh, we do set up like a bar tables and cabaret setup, so the performers can move around, roll around. But we have a special stages, so and also sake bar and little. Um, Tamura Sakeba, which is in a groovy Sakeba in Fitzroy, they're providing food, which they can, audience can buy and then drink and eat it together. It's like snack of Japanese nibbles and tapas sort of style. So then we do have a short performance or durational performance, small weird karaoke, or sometimes participation or performance with a body paint and all that, which try not to be scare audience too much, but <laughs> we try to be involved their um, participation. Yeah, and, and we have a, yeah, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, it sounds extraordinary. What brought you to Melbourne? Like, what's the backstory to that? Uh, I came 30 years ago, actually. Wow. But uh, <laughs> I came with a Buto company called Dance Dairakudakan in 1991 in part of the Melbourne International Festival with a company group. And we perform in a state theatre and uh, well, 
about 10 days we stayed or less. And I just met, met so many people and then drawn me back to Melbourne again and again and becomes permanent residency from 1993. So it's almost 30 years, I mean, exact 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and what a gain for Melbourne that's been bringing all of this Japanese performance art to to our city. It's just it's just wonderful. Do you feel like a yeah. bit of a pioneer? Well, it becomes here because not many people. When I came here, people uh, sort of know about Buto, but not many were doing it. But then I was also interested in more contemporary aspect of Buto rather than only classical Japanese style because that's why you're living overseas not just stay in Japan so also Melbourne has got touch of comedy capital kind of vibe always uh, kind of very comedy humor oriented plus very dark black comedy as well as dark uh, dark side in Melbourne which I really related to so and also obviously um very strong indigenous culture first nation people which I have lucky enough to work with these people last uh, decades or more. So then a lot of nature influences and rituals and um, ceremony and so many diverse um, nutrition I get from Australia. <laughs> so you're really kind of, you know, adjusted Buto and interpreted in ways, you know, inspired, I guess, by your environment here in Melbourne. So coming up with all these unique performances that probably, were, well, they never would have happened if you if you stayed in Japan. So it's been a I, real kind yeah, of gift. I agree. Yeah, we're just lucky combination because I would think more Japanese things while I'm here because I, if I'm in Japan, I don't think about Japan because you are there. But I left country, so you feel a little more interesting part of Japan in a very objective way, plus combined with this international multicultural way of living. So, and interdisciplinary kind of art practices as well. So I kind of like to be all mixed, mashed together, (laughs) which I am. (laughs) How did you come across uh, Moira Finnecane and Moira Davey? Like, yeah, yeah. What's the story with them getting involved in this production? worked with more than more than Moira in the last, last 20 years, actually. So Moira's show, Burlesque Gala, is almost like a 2004. I worked with Moira again two, nearly 20 years ago, 2003, in her performance piece. So we know each other. Um, I think first time I met is 1999. We were both performing the Fringe, and we both doing our opening shows of Fringe Festival. And we both got award, and we are politely say hello each other, but um, eventually we understand a similar kind of genre we're working, even methodology is very different. So Moira has been many times in my show of dramaturgical support or um, my colleagues who can perform in the same shows or Moira organized show, I perform in her shows. And, and Modi is a similar, knowing her nearly 25 years and seeing her incredible work, but um, she has been also my provocateur or dramaturg in my other shows or we equally work again as a colleague. So incredibly amazing people who can be friend as well as as a colleague, as a performer. <laughs> it's very inspiring. It really is. I had the joy of seeing them perform for the first time. In 1993, they did an AIDS benefit, and I went along to that and saw oh, them, and I was wow. just like, wow, these two are absolutely incredible. But you've got and a they, whole... They still are, yeah. yeah amazing, <laughs> amazing. Mm. You know, their longevity mm-hmm. and their their, mm-hmm. their growth and just what they give back to the community as well really is extraordinary. Now, I'm mm. absolutely delighted to see that you've got Weave Movement Theatre involved mm. as well. Tell us about that. 
Well, Weave has been being my collaborator. Um, they asked me to collect uh, sort of a director show last five, six years. So I've done two major productions with them. And um, I've been working with them on and off for working with Inclusive Theatre. I mean, personally, also, I had my um, brother who had a stroke nearly 17 years ago. Unfortunately, he passed away last year, but he has been in a wheelchair for 16 years. And I have been really involved personally in my family history of involving these people with a disability. So that's what make me indirectly interested in, but artistically also working with people who's got a condition of disability, but their mind is not disabled, you know, and then the physicality and challenging mind is more than just disabled kind of theater style. So I always enjoy and encourage and inspired by those people who have a, an, um, an, an not normal, as we call normal conditions, but then unique authenticity they have. So that has been incredible collaboration history in the last six years. And um, they were part of the um, guest artists, which most likely they have a little bit of going on. So they might have a bit of a changeover coming on, but they're definitely the two of them are interested in to be part of the guest artist spot. So that would be very exciting. The venue is extraordinary. You're at the Abbotsford Convent Industrial School. What a history that venue has. Yes. Um, tell us a bit about it. Well, convent has been, obviously, I'm here right now, <laughs> feeling the energies of at the convent. ladies. Yeah, right in the convent, because we are sort of a re- um, rehearsing today, as well as a residency of making all the shows um, set up and today and tomorrow and then, uh, this whole weekend, really. So there's always incredible natures and feeling, but also uh, sometimes haunted history of the you know young ladies or nuns living in a kind of little bit of restricted conditions or, you know... Um, a little bit of a um, hard way of washing, you know, like laundry was washing for their sheets and clothes and and very restricted way of living sometimes. So for me and for us to get the freedom of celebrating the power of the woman, also the history of the difficulty certain time, and release this a little bit hard history. The releasing is very important. So make a rituals, and each time we really pay respect for this place has been incredible now. But it has been a lot of lots of interesting hard history. So yeah, we embrace this power of the space. And it used to be they have a. Uh, lentils, anything kind of. A lot of people from international visitors was like a little bit hippish people, and also combined with like wedding and expensive venue hire for the wedding. So it's a, I used to love this combination between kind of rich, well-off people to uh, people who um sleeping on the river, but they come to the free food. And so that sort of uh, theatre has got, you know, this venue has got a, such a global, weird mixture of the nation and people, which the energy has. And I always, we have a good last six years here, so I feel like a second home for us, you know. Mm. Wow, you really feel that, 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 that resonance of the history in the building, and that must really come out in your performance. Yeah, well, every year we feel something, and some people who are sensitive becomes, wow, that's so powerful. But then we, I might be wrong, but I feel lighter and lighter each time we do it, because we are celebrating this beauty of these places, not just 
daunted reality of the past, you know, so we already feel not lighter and delighting, delighted to be here. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a truly marvellous production. It's called Buto Bar Out of Order. It's happening November 15 to 19 at the Abbotsford Convent Industrial School. Yumi, it's been a joy chatting with you today. Thank you so much for joining us on 3CR. Thank you, James. 3CR. In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities, a future without HIV, and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more, search Thorn Harbour Health on your search engine or Facebook.